is our reasonable service. We thank you, Lord, that our bodies are for your service, so we declare healing and wholeness floods our body. Lord, anything we're fighting with, we declare that we win because of the body of Christ, because of what you've done for us, what we have in our covenant contract of salvation. We thank you. We receive healing right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead and receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you'll hold the cup, whatever it is that you prepared to receive communion in, if you'll just hold the cup and let's now focus on what the cup meant. After supper, he took the cup and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and drink, all of you, for this is representing my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. So as we hold this cup, we remember what the cup of his blood does for us in our lives. Father, we remember the blood right now that flowed down from Calvary. Lord, the blood that um, that makes us white as snow. Lord, your word says, though your sins are as scarlet, we'll make them white as snow. So Lord, you've made our sins white as snow. You have cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness behind you, where you remember them no more. You've so far removed our sins from us. They're as far as the east is from the west. They can never catch up with us again. So God, we thank you that we're forgiven. We've been put back in right relationship with you. That all, every sin we've ever committed or every will commit is under the blood, Lord. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We stand before you today just as if we never sinned. Lord, we thank you for forgiving us. We thank you that Jesus came and paid the price for our sins. And, and for us to, so that we wouldn't have to be separated you for, from you forever. Lord, we'll forever live with you in eternity. We thank you, Lord, that everlasting life belongs to us because of the blood. In Jesus' name, go ahead and receive. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for health and healing and for forgiveness. Good morning, Pastor Robert. Good morning, Susan. How are you? Good morning. Welcome, everyone. So glad everyone is on. All right. We're going old school this morning, so if you have your Bibles, um, you might want to stop for just a second, run, get your Bible wherever it is, but uh, you want to be able to take notes. Um, if you'd like, you can go on the um, Acceleration Church uh, app. If you haven't downloaded the Acceleration Church app, you wanna you wanna definitely do that. When you get it, when you get it, it looks like this. So the Acceleration Church app is absolutely free on the App Store or Google Play. And so once you get it, you're going to in order to look at the sermon notes from this morning. If you want to follow along. If you're watching on another device and you've got your phone or, or iPad or something available, you're just going to click Sermon Audio. And at the very top, is, I know you normally would click um, Sermon Notes, but today we're doing it a little bit different. Um, go to Sermon Audio. Let me show you that again. Where it says Sermon Audio. Click that. And then at the very top, click that button. And then that will take you to the sermon. It looks like it's going to play something, but we haven't uploaded the sermon yet because I haven't preached it, obviously. So here are the sermon notes. You can follow along and uh, follow along with me. I know it looks like a lot of notes today because it is because I put a lot on there that I wanted you to be able to have again to look at. So today we are going to be, don't forget to press share. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Lisa is my good friend from high school. We go all the way back to high school. <laughs> good morning, Lisa Blackman Roach and Jasper. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so get your Bibles out and let's get ready to, to get the Word of God. 
We've been focusing this whole year on the manifested glory of God. This is lesson number 31 for the year. And uh, we, we've been looking at um, God having us covered in crisis, how to go through crisis, how to have faith for the crisis, how to go, how to um, make it through crisis through God's word. So today we're going to be looking at trusting the word of God in crisis. I'm telling you, um, right wherever you are, it's holy ground. You know, we're, we're having church the way we've been having it over the last several weeks and, and months. But um, just know that where you are is holy ground. Let's reverence the word of God. You know, if you've got a television on or if there's other things on, let's shut all that down so that there's, there's no, uh, nothing to, to fight for your attention. Just like if you were in church right now. I want it to be just like you're in church. So I want you to just really reverence the word of God. That uh, the word of God is going forth. And as it's going forth, I want you to just really um, reverence it and really just soak it in. Amen. Um, let me see. Um, also, on the Acceleration Church app, let me give you a couple more announcements. Um, on the Acceleration Church app, all of our sermons are on there for absolutely free. I'm not mad at any preacher who wants to charge for the Word of God, but um, all of our sermon um, on the sermon audio, all of our sermons are on there absolutely for free. So you can go on there, and I think there's like a year and a half's worth of uh, messages on, on the app. And then, of course, under sermon notes, there's like messages going back a long way that you can get on there um, and, and look at the sermon notes. And the app is absolutely free and listening to the word is free. There's all kinds of cool stuff on the app. So if you haven't downloaded it, you want to do that. You want to be a part of our prayer call on Sunday mornings, not Sunday mornings, on every morning at 730. Text XLR8 to the number 97,000. Text XLR8 to the number 97,000, and you'll get the text blast every morning at 7.30 to um, to remind you to hop on the call. Good morning, Will Irwin. Good morning, Donna Abraham. Donna Abraham is watching all the way from India this morning. Praise God. So glad to have you on, Pastor Abraham. Amen. All right. Well, here we go. Um, don't forget that this coming Saturday, y'all, I'm so excited. God is doing something in humble. He is moving and drawing the hearts of pastors together um, in unity. And uh, God is about to pour out his spirit in uh, with revival and an outpouring in humble Texas. So this coming Saturday, August the 1st, between 4 and 6 p.m., I want you there at the humble Civic Center to be a part of this um this humble pray unity, where pastors are coming together in unity to pray together. Not just pastors. This year is the first year that uh, congregations can come as well. I'm, I know Will Irwin is going to be there. I'm going to be there. There's going to be a lot of pastors from our area that are going to be there. Uh, Dan Dan Crenshaw is going to be there. Um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Ah! Um, Doug Stringer. Doug Stringer is going to be there. And uh, there's another um, mega pastor that's going to be there that he couldn't tell us his name the other day, so he wasn't released to say it yet. So anyway, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Just two hours on a Saturday, and uh, I believe we're going to see the glory of God fall. All right. Well, let's get ready for the word. Are you ready this morning? You can just hold your phone up if that's got the word on it that you're looking at the sermon notes on the, um, on the app this morning. Go to the Acceleration Church app. Click Sermon Audio. Click Sermon Audio. I know that sounds weird, but that's where we had to put it today. Click Sermon Audio and uh, click this top button, and there's the sermon notes for today. You can look at it. Okay? All right, let's get going here. 
Okay, so make this faith declaration with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me, repeat after me, to hear and apply His Word. Say this, I'm about to know better. So that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. And I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, good morning, Claudia. Okay, let's get going here. Um, let's get going. So we've been focused all year long on the manifested glory of God. God spoke to me at the beginning of the year and said this would be the year of his manifested glory. Hallelujah. And uh, then he said that this would be the year of plenty, plenty in 2020 because it's a double portion year, 2020. He said there'll be plenty, plenty in 2020. And that means if you want to be connected to the, the plenty, plenty grace of God, we have to be tithers and givers in manifestation. So as we tithe and give, it causes the all-sufficiency grace of God to come upon our lives. So if you haven't yet stepped out to become a tither and a giver, let today be your day that you that you step out in faith. God says, try me now in this and see if I won't open up for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing. You will not have room enough to receive it. And you know what? The windows of heaven blessing has to work all through a pandemic. Just because there's a crisis in the earth doesn't mean that that's over with or that God can't still pour out such blessing. He still is able, no matter no matter what else goes on. Amen. And then God said, trust the anointings. He spoke three things to me this year. So um, today, I want to talk to you about trusting the word of God in crisis. You know, the word has the final authority over my life. I learned the power of the word when I first got saved. Man, let me tell you, I got saved for real. I loved God so much. I was so glad to know that the power of God had come to my life for salvation. I literally became a new creation. And I fell so in love with his word that I just could not get enough of it. I still can't get enough of it. I didn't make myself stop, stop studying this morning because I was going to have too much. We'd be here all day trying to preach all this. But I just love his word. And I used to write it out longhand. I would get the Bible. I would get like, this was back before you could pull up many translations on your phone. You had to have the books. So I'd just surround myself with a table full of books or a bed full of, of uh, Bible translations. And I would just copy it onto paper longhand. And, and I would just, um, just, just store it up in my heart. I would write it in every translation that spoke to me. Just because something would happen when I would write. I felt like, I don't know, I learned that way, I guess. But I still am so in love with his word. And his word is how we overcome. So let's, let's look at the word here. So number one, we're trusting the word. We're trusting the word in crisis. So number one, let's look at this point. The word of God is proven. It's proven. Number one, if you're taking notes, the word of God is proven. If you would, turn to 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one. 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one. So the word proven means demonstrated by evidence to be true or existing. It means to be tried and tested. Hallelujah. Oh, Andrew. Andrew was on watching from Ken Kenya. Praise the Lord. So we have someone from India and Kenya watching this morning. Praise God. So well, welcome. Glad to have you on watching, Andrew. 
Amen. So the word of God is proven, which means it's demonstrated by evidence to be true or existing. I don't know about you, but my life is proof that the, that the word of God is proven. He said he'd save you. He said he'd make you a new creation. And here I am in front of you, a, new, a brand new person, a new creation for the last 26 years. God has just flipped my life upside down and I've become a whole brand new person because his word is true. It's proven. Amen. It means to be tried and tested. It means to be found to be true. It's like the old folks say, you can't say you can't make me doubt it because I know too much about it. Amen. Somebody. Hallelujah. You can't make me doubt his word because I know too much about it. I've, I've stood on this word. I believed this word in the night hour when when I've been uh, going through a test and a trial and things have been awful in my life. Man, that word would come to me in the middle of the night. I remember he spoke something to me one time. It was just so crazy. I was going through a, a, just a terrible trial in my life. And the Spirit of God, good morning, Brandy. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Lemuel 18. And I'm like, Lemuel 18? Lemuel is not a book in the Bible. But then I remembered Proverbs 31. These are the words of King Lemuel. So I looked up Proverbs 31, verse 18, and it says, Her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of privation, sorrow, and trouble, warning away fear, doubt, and distrust. So God is saying, keep your light burning. Stay in the Word. The Word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God just gave me a reminder that, that I needed to stay in His Word. Good morning, Vicki Allums. Good morning. All right, so if you're at 2 Samuel 22, 31, let me get somebody to type the Scripture in on the comment section. Um, type the next one in, which is Psalm 9 and verse 10. So right now we're at um, so Psalm 9, verse uh, chapter, Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. But right now we're at 2 Samuel 22, 31. 2 Samuel 22:31. It says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is what, y'all? Proven. It is proven. Um, he is a shield to all who trust Him. So we have to trust Him and trust His word. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power. And He makes my way perfect. Hallelujah. Now flip over to Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10. So the word of the Lord is proven. You are, you are evidence that the word of God is proven because you're saved. You, you're delivered. You're set free. You're not the person you used to be. You're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You, you prove that the word is true. Hallelujah. So the word of the Lord is proven. He's, proven he's a shield to all who trust him. Who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Psalm 9 and verse 10, it says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. Well, where do we get his name? In his word. In his word, we know who the, who the, what the name of the Lord is. Praise God. So let me just go through some of these names. Good morning, Tristina. Welcome. Let's go through some of the names of God that we find in his word. He's Jehovah. The Bible says he's Jehovah. His name is Jehovah, which means the self-existent, eternal God who's revealing himself. How, just, you know, give me a wave if he's revealed himself to you. He's Jehovah God, the self-existent, eternal God who's revealing himself. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord God, my healer today. Aren't you glad he's a healer today? He's a good shepherd. He's the door of the sheep. No one comes to the Father except through Him. He's the door of the sheep. He's Adonai, which means the Lord. Hey, Sean, good morning. 
He's the door of the sheep. He's Adonai the Lord. He's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. How do we know this? His word tells us who he is. He's the light of the world. He's my helper. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Come on. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. He's the secret. He is the secret place. He's a covenant keeper. He's a carpenter. He's a holy king. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He is the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords this morning. He's Emmanuel. He's the God who is with us. How do we know? His Word tells us who He is. His Word tells us what His name is. It's proven. He's proven Himself as the God who's with us. Ooh, I'm getting so excited I want to get up and run. Hallelujah. He's Emmanuel. He is God who is with us. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's El Shaddai. That means He's the all-powerful and the almighty God. There's nothing too hard for Him. He's a protector today. He's a rock today. The, God, the Bible says he's a rock. He's my savior. He's a deliverer. He's the Messiah. He's the true vine and he is the vine dresser. He's the balm in Gilead. He's the father. He's the son and he is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. He's the God of the angel armies this morning. He's the lily of the valley today and... He's the rose of Sharon. He is the oil and he is the wine. He's the bread of life. He's the living word. He's the water of the word. He's Elohim, which means he's my strong creator. If I don't have it, he can make it. If it doesn't exist, he can create it. Hallelujah. He's the one who created everything just by speaking and saying, let there be. Hallelujah. He's a strong creator. He's Jehovah Jireh today. He's the Lord, my provider. He's Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's my banner of victory. How do we know this? The word of God tells us so. Jehovah Sidkenu, he's the Lord, my righteousness. He's Jehovah Rohi. Who is that? He's the Lord, my shepherd, and I shall not want. He leads me into the good places in the earth. He leads me by the green pastures. He leads me to the still waters. How do I know this? The word of God tells me so. Hallelujah. If you're in a crisis today, you can't afford to not be in his word. You need to know his word. He's Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord, God, our righteousness. He's Jehovah Mekanish this morning. That means he's my sanctification. He's taking me out of darkness and put me in into his marvelous light. He, though, though we weren't his people, now we've become his people. We're set apart. We've come out and we're separate. We're the church of the living God. Hallelujah. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Not even the powers of the infernal region can hold out against us. Why? Because he's our sanctification. He is our righteousness. He has made us the church of the living God. He's Jehovah Shalom this morning. He's the Lord God, my peace. And my prosperity, if you're feeling nervous in a crisis, if you're feeling upset in a crisis, you need to call on Jehovah Shalom. He, Lord God, you are my peace. You are the Prince of Peace. He can give you peace not like the world gives. He gives you a peace that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. He's Jehovah Shammah this morning. He's the Lord who is present. He's with you in every trial you could ever go through. Whatever crisis you find yourself in today, he's the Lord who is present. He is Emmanuel. He is the God who is right there with you. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It reads backwards the same way. Never will I. I think it reads the same way, but never will I uh, forsake you. Look it up yourself. Amen. Then he's Jehovah Gamola. He's the God of recompense. In other words, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. When you go through something, he's the God who, who compensate you. Ha! Hallelujah. He's the God of recompense. 
He's the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the ancient of days. He is the son of God. He's a redeemer today, which means he's bought us back from, from sin. He's bought us back from from uh, death, hell, and the grave. He's bought us back. He's redeemed us. He is a redeemer. How do we know? The Bible says that that's who he is. He's the great I am. What do you need today? He said, I am that I am. I am who I am. And and here's the name right here. You can, you can put all those others to the side. I like to know all those names. But the name that's above every name. The name that at his name every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh come on. The name of Jesus lifted high. And he said I'll draw all men unto myself. There's no other name by which men can be saved. If at that name come on y'all. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. There's no other name. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. And he's called. And he is called. And he is called the word of God. The word of God. The word is who he is. He is the word. The word is him and he is the word. Look at this scripture here. His name is called the Word of God. Number one, John 1, 1 through 3. Let me just read, read it to you. But while you're turning over to John chapter 1, I'm just going to read it to you. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning, come on, help me finish, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. That includes you. You were in the mind of God. You were in the heart of God. You were, you were the creation of God before you were ever born on this earth. He made you in the very beginning because you were in his mind. You were in his heart. He decided that he would make you. He is the word of God. He is the living. He is the living word. Hallelujah. So if you're there in John chapter 1, look down to verse 14. Verse 14. John chapter 1 and verse 14. Somebody type these scriptures up for me. There we go, Pastor Carolyn. John chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What was his name, y'all? Jesus. The word that became flesh, his name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God is with us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So number one, his name is called the word of God. So he came, he, the word, the word, the Bible, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the power of God this morning. Number two, number two is that we can trust the word of God because his word is truth, and it will never end. Woo! Turn over to John 17, 17. You're still in the book of John. Turn to John 17, 17, and then after that, we're going to go to Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19, after we go to John 17, 17. So I'm going to read John 17, 17, and then... We're going to go over to Numbers 23, 19. So John 17, 17, to sanctify them by your truth. And then look, right here it tells us, your word is truth. See, the difference between truth and facts is that the truth can change the facts, but the facts will never change the truth. Whoa, I'm preaching good this morning. The, the uh, facts can never change the truth, but truth can change your facts. 
Hallelujah. Truth can change your doctor's report. Truth can change your financial situation. Truth can change uh, peace in your heart. Amen. You're feeling frustrated. You're feeling upset. You're, you know, you're feeling all these things. But I'm telling you, the truth of God's word can come and settle you. It's got, it's got power. Why? Because it's alive. The word of God is not like any words that you read in any other book anywhere in the world. Because the word of God is alive. It's alive. When you read it, it reads you back. Good morning, Irma. So now we're at Numbers 2319. If you're already there at Numbers 2319, the next scripture is Matthew 2435. Matthew 2435. And then after that, we're going to Psalm 138.2. Psalm 138.2. So after we're at Numbers 2319 right now, get your Bibles out if you don't have them out. We need to turn to these and look them up. It's good for us to look them up. Numbers 2319, Matthew 2435. And then Psalm 138.2. Okay, Numbers 23.19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? See, his word is truth, and it's never going to end. His word is truth. Now, Matthew 24.35. And then we're going to Psalm 138.2. Then after that, we're going to Malachi 3 and verse 6. And then we're going to Hebrews 13 and verse 8. So right now we're at Matthew 24, 35. If you can't keep up, don't worry about it. Just write the scripture reference down or just pull it up on the app later. Matthew 24, Matthew 20, 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So heaven and earth, all that we see, he says, and one day it will be no more. But the word will always be here. The word will be here for eternity. Why? Because he is the word. He is the word. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 138 and verse 2. Psalm 138 and verse 2. It says, for you have magnified your word above all your name. Ooh, I can make it through a crisis because I know his names, but I know his word. He exalts his word even above his name. Hallelujah. So Malachi 3 and verse 6. After that, we're going to Hebrews 13, 8. I know I'm going fast. But I got a lot to give you this morning. So he says in Malachi 3, 6, he says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. So the word is unchangeable. The word will not switch up on you. It won't be good today and not good tomorrow. It has no expiration date. Praise the Lord. There is no expiration date on by his stripes. We were healed. There's no expiration date on that. We will always be healed. Always according to his word. Hallelujah. He says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Good morning, Sheila. I think Sheila's my cousin. Good morning, Sheila. God bless you. All right. So um, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't ever go out of style. It doesn't matter what generation we're in. The word of God is written for all of us. Hallelujah. So, uh, number three, number one, his name is called the word of God. Number two, we can trust the word of God because his word is truth and it will never end. And then number three, the word gives me patience, comfort, and hope. Amen. And that's what we need. Amen. When you're in the middle of a crisis, you need patience to make it through. You need comfort knowing sometimes stuff we go through is tough. It's difficult. I need the comforting power of the word um, in my heart and in my ears. I need to be hearing it. And hope. The word of God gives me hope for my situation because I know that the, that the truth can change my situation, can change my facts. It can change whatever is going on. I have hope. I always.
always have hope. There's never a situation where we don't have hope. Hallelujah. Romans 15 and verse 4. Chi-Chi's getting happy over there. Romans 15 and verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Hallelujah. So through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. All right, so number one is his name is called the Word of God. Number two, we can trust the Word of God because his Word is truth and will never end. Um, uh, number three, the Word gives me patience, comfort, and hope. All right, number four, the Word of God is alive and powerful. Turn to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. If you're turning to the Scriptures, y'all are getting a sword drill this morning. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12. That's what we used to call them we would uh, have a sword drill. You'd have to try to see who could turn to the scriptures the fastest. So um, the word of God is alive and powerful. That's Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. Y'all probably can't keep up. Just jot the scriptures down. You can look them up later. It says, for the word of God is living and it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. The word of God is the only thing that can get between your soul and spirit. Your soul and spirit are so close together. It's like your um, the soul is to your spirit like your brain is to your body. So your, your soul and spirit are so connected and so close together, only the Word of God can get in between your soul and your spirit. Amen. So it pierces even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Isn't that awesome that when you read the Bible, it reads you back? It reads you back. You literally, he, he's talking to you while you're reading. He's talking to you. And so the word of God, it's alive. His word, he says, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit and it is life. The message translation says, God means what he says. What he says goes. The powerful word is his powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Anybody ever felt like God just opened you up with the word? Cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it, no matter what. <laughs> That's awesome. Now Romans 1 and verse 16. Romans 1 and verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. It's power. It was the power of God and His Word that caused us to be able to get get saved through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Word, the, the Holy Spirit makes the Word of, uh, uh, come alive to us and speaks to us through the Word. But it's uh, the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And then Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the Spirit of faith comes to me as I hear the word of God, the word has power to bring faith into my spirit. Amen. Then Matthew 4 and verse 4. Matthew 4 and verse 4. We had Romans 1.16, Romans 10.17, and now we're at Matthew 4.4. 4. Matthew 4 and verse 4. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the Word of God is powerful, it's living, it keeps us alive spiritually. The Word of God keeps us alive spiritually. It's our daily bread. The Bible calls it our, our daily, we got to have our daily bread, amen? We can't, you know, we can live, you know, without food for a certain amount of time, but in the Spirit, you cannot leave, live without the Word of God. 
The word of God is, is uh, literally life to your spirit. Just like uh, regular food is life to my mortal body, the word of God is life to my spirit. Okay, so number one, his name is called the word of God. Number two, we can trust the word of God because his word is truth and will never end. Number three, he gives me patience, comfort, and hope in the word. The word gives me patience, comfort, and hope. And number four, the word of God is alive and powerful. Number five, when I become a doer of the word, it has power to strengthen me for crisis. When I'm a doer of the word. Good morning, Eric Lacey. Good morning, Pastor. How are you? Um, so... The word of God, when I become a doer of the word, it has power to strengthen me for crisis. Y'all, we all know this, Matthew 7 and verse 24, starting in verse 24, verse 24 and 25, Matthew 7, 24 and 25. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, who, who's a wise man? The one who hears these sayings of Jesus, who hears the word of God. And does them when I become a doer of the word. And sometimes, you know, it can kind of whoo, plow your field crossways, like my first pastor used to say. It'll just plow your fields, your field crossways, you know, to do the word sometimes. Because sometimes you want to get upset for a minute. Sometimes you just want to tell somebody off. But you know, when I when I restrain myself and I become a doer of the word, um, it has power to strengthen me. And listen, listen to what he says here. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. Crisis, the floods came. Crisis, and the winds blew and beat on that house. Somebody say crisis this morning. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So during a crisis, you need to be a doer of the word. You gotta be a, you gotta choose to be a doer of the word and it strengthens you. Your house is strengthened um, during a crisis. Amen. So I gotta choose to be a doer of the word. It's not something I just hear, but it's something that I choose to do. Alright, number six. The word is our armor and it is the sword of the spirit. The word is our armor. We're doing so good on time, my goodness. The word of God is our armor and the sword of the spirit. So, you know, as the Bible talks about the put, taking up the whole armor of God, that's over in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, he says, To put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and stand against the wiles of the devil. See, we are in a spiritual battle daily. Daily. So our spiritual armor is the word of God. Amen. It is the word of God. So the helmet of salvation. What is the helmet of salvation? Knowing that I'm saved. Knowing the word of God. How? Because the word says that I'm saved. If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. And so by the word of God, by the helmet of salvation, I know that I'm saved. Knowing that you're saved. Then 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the, the word of God is my helmet. I know that I'm knowing that I'm saved. Amen. Then the breastplate of righteousness. My heart is brand new in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the breastplate of righteousness is knowing 
that I am the righteousness of God in him. My heart doesn't condemn me because I'm in, I'm in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then the belt of truth. The belt of truth. This is our armor. What is truth? His word is truth. Amen. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's John 8, 32. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So, so our, our part of our armor, the belt of truth. And then our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How beautiful on the mountain is the feet of them that brings the gospel of the good news. So your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is the gospel? It's the word. It's the Bible. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. It says, um, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So that's the gospel of peace right there. That's that, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, the gospel of peace. That's it right there. And then the shield of faith. The shield of faith. That's the word of God. The shield of faith is the word of God. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our shield is also the word of God. It quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. Good morning, Joshua. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. It says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Hallelujah. The word of God is pure and he is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Listen to the message translation of Proverbs 30 and verse 5. It says, every promise of God proves true. He protects everyone who runs to him for help. So how did Jesus quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one? Come on, when he was in the wilderness and he was being tempted. Good morning, Chi-Chi. When he was in the, the wilderness and he was being tempted by the devil, how did, he, how did he win? Somebody tell me, how did he win? What did he say? Somebody type it. What did Jesus say when he was in the wilderness? What did he say? Every time the devil came to him with a thought, an idea, or a suggestion, what did Jesus say? Somebody better tell me what he said. I'm waiting for somebody to have the right answer. What did he say? What did Jesus say when he was being tempted in the wilderness? And every time the devil came with a, with a thought, with an idea, or a suggestion, he said, you know, fall down and worship me. The devil said, fall down and worship me. I'll give you a bishop. I'll worship me. I'll give you all these kingdoms of the earth. If it is written, Tamar, thank you, Tamar. It is, she said, written. <laughs> she said, it is written. Thanks for fixing that, Tamar. It is written. That's my daughter-in-law right there. She knows that word. Praise the Lord. Yes, then he said, get behind me. But he said to every single temptation. Listen, y'all. It's the shield of faith. Every single temptation. He quenched the fiery darts of the wicked one. Every time he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to a foolish test. That's what. That's when he told him to jump off the building. He tried to get Jesus to commit suicide. He said, "Jump off the building." It's written. He'll give you. Give his angels charge. Now, now the devil's speaking the word back to Jesus. But thank God, Jesus knew how to rightly divide the word of truth, and we have to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. He said, um, "You shall not." He said, "It's written. You shall not put the Lord your God to a foolish test." Get behind me, Satan. Get, get on out of here. He said, get on out of here. Away with you. He said, away with you, Satan. You shall not put the Lord your God to a foolish death. And then he said, um, uh, he said, you know, bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, it's, it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and, and him only shall you serve. Amen. So even Jesus knew the power and the authority of the word. He knew. 
and that's how he won, and that's how we'll win. And then the sword of the Spirit, of course, it just tells us plainly right there. He says, and taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we charge forward. We're not just on the defensive, but we're offensive. We're off- you charge forward with the sword. It's so, um, we, as we charge for good morning, uh, Bishop Tears, so good to have you on. So with the sword of the Spirit, that is the Word of God. So we're not just supposed to be in defensive mode, but we're supposed to charge forth and take territory. Amen. We take territory by the Word of God, by what He says. Amen. Amen and amen. Let's look over our points so far. What was number one? His name is called the Word of God. Our, our, our message this morning is about um, trusting the Word of God in crisis. Trusting the Word of God in crisis. So number one, His name is called the Word of God. Number two, we can trust the Word of God because His Word is truth and it will never end. Number uh, three, the Word gives me patience, comfort, and hope. Hallelujah. And then number four, the Word of God is alive. And it's powerful. Number five, when I become a doer of the word, it has power to strengthen me for crisis. And then number six, we just looked at is the word of God is our armor and it is the sword of the spirit. Amen. So, um, so now we are on number seven and number seven is that the word makes us fully equipped for serving him. The word makes us fully equipped for serving him. Amen. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. you got to understand that uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know, people, it just burns me up when they say, Yeah, but man wrote it and there's so many mistakes in it. No, there's not. Every, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Man wrote it, but it was all inspired by the same place, by the Word of God. I mean, by the, by the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that's in, you know, teaching, for reproof and correction, or almost mean the same thing, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the problem is, people don't want to be instructed anymore. And in fact, the, the Bible says that in the last days, people won't endure sound doctrine. That they'll, they'll seek out teachers who will teach them what their itching ears want to hear. So you got to be careful that you don't get your ears itching. Amen? That we that we go back to the soundness of His Word. Um, so, you know, people don't like to be correct, corrected. You know, and that's that's something that people just don't like. They don't like being corrected, but correction is love. Who, whom the Lord loves, He corrects and He chastens. And the most of the time, He's going to correct us through His Word. Amen? You're going to be, you know, minding your own business, and God is going to um, correct you through His Word. Amen? So let's, let's don't get to the place where um, we think that we don't want to be corrected or we're too big to be create, uh, corrected or my name's too big or I'm, I'm an apostle or I'm a prophet or a bishop or whatever, whatever you are. We still have to be corrected. We still have to allow the word to correct us. Amen. To change, you know, anywhere that the devil sets up a, a mental thought pattern, a stronghold in our mind. That is, uh, goes against the word of God. We've got to allow you know, God to come in with the word and correct us in those areas. Amen? So number seven is the word makes us fully equipped for serving him. Fully equipped. God wants you to be fully equipped in the word of God. Then number eight, angels respond to the word of God in crisis. Amen? You want to you have angels uh, helping you? Uh, when you speak the word of God, angels are at your command. So when you speak the word, they hearken. The Bible says they hearken. To the voice of the word. So when you're speaking the word, 
You're speaking their language. <laughs> you are literally speaking their language when you speak the word of God. And they, um, they're released to come and help. Amen. So angels respond to the word of God in crisis. That's Psalm 10320. Psalm 103.20. If you're looking them up, Psalm 103.20. Amen. If not, just jot that scripture reference down. I'm going to read it to you now. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So they, they do his strength. They heed the voice of the word. Amen. So angels respond to the word of God. That's how powerful it is. They hear it and they move. They move. Hallelujah. Number nine. God cannot. And will not ever break his word or promises. God cannot or will not ever uh, break his word or promises. Hebrews 6, 13 through 18. Go ahead and turn there. I'm going to read it in the message translation. So unless you've got a message Bible, you might not want to turn there. But definitely write it down. Because this, this is so amazing. You know, God is not ever going to break his word or break his promises. Hebrews 6, 13 through 18. Oh my gosh, this is so good, y'all. This is this is so good. I gotta slow down for a minute um, because we just gotta we just gotta soak this up. He cannot and will not ever break his word or his promises. Hebrews six thirteen through nineteen in the message it says, "When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line." He said, "I promise." That I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless, bless, and bless. Verse 15 says, Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. See, I think that's where we have a problem. Is that we don't stick it out. You can say, well, I tried that tithing, tithing thing for a little bit. It didn't work for me. You got to keep on. You got to stick it out. You got to become a tither and say, I'm going to tithe and give no matter what happens. I'm going to tithe and give. Amen. But Abraham stuck it out. You might say, well, I tried that. I confessed the word. It didn't work. You know, some stuff takes more time. I think sometimes the bigger the miracle, sometimes the more time that it takes. Abraham, it, it took them like 20-something years. 20-something years that they believed God for this, uh, for this baby, that they would become, he would become the father of a great nation. It started with one baby. One baby. He asked him to believe for one baby. He said Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. God put his own reputation on the line when he promised this man that he would have a child even though he was old. Now listen to this in verse 16. It says, when people make promises, they guarantee them by, an, by appeal to some authority above them so that if there's any question that they'll make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. A rock solid guarantee. Verse 18. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. Whoo, makes me want to spin around in my chair. <laughs> because when God makes a promise, he cannot break his word. He can't take it back. He can't take it back. So you can stand on it. You can stand on that and receive that promise from him. Look at Isaiah 55, 11, Very familiar passage of scripture. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. That's how powerful the word is. He says, it will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God 
sent his word. Look at Psalm 107, 20. Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word to us to heal us. He sent his word to us to prosper us. He sent his word to us to give us peace. Jesus said, I've told you things so that in me you'll have peace. In this life you'll have tribulation. See, he gave us his word so we'd have peace. He sent his word to give us peace. He sent his word to give us joy. He sent his word to give us healing. He sent his word um, to, to give us faith. Amen. He sent his word. He sent his word. He sent his word. So Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Hallelujah. So he sent his word to deliver us. Hallelujah. So whatever crisis comes my way, he already sent his word to deliver me from that destruction. I just got to have the word in my mouth. See, he promises that the word, if I meditate in the word day and night, see, I'm convinced that in these days of crisis that we're in, that we are probably filling up too much on the wrong stuff. We got to fill up on his word. So the word is what comes out of us. Amen. Amen. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're transformed by the word. He actually can transform our situation when we renew our minds and we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of God on our situation. And what's the mind of God? The word of God. Hallelujah. So whatever crisis comes our way, we already, we already um, have uh, the word that he has sent to deliver to deliver us from it. Deliver it from deliver us from it. Because his word will not return void or without accomplishing the reason that he sent it. Woo! I'm God, I'm getting so happy this morning. Alright, number 10. His word promises that he will keep me in crisis. He's going to keep me during the crisis. He will keep me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. That I will make it through the crisis. You might even, you know, put right next to keep me in the crisis. Not like he's going to keep me there. But meaning that, that, he's, that he's going to be with me and uh, bring me through it. He will bring me through it. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. If you're turning there, go on and turn there. Go on and turn. If you turn in your Bible, I'll give you a second to do that. Because we're almost through. We're almost through. I have to just um, preach fast and hard and good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. If, if you're not there, turn there. This is so good. This is so good. He promises to be with us. Whatever kind of a crisis we're in, whatever we are going through, He's going to bring us. He's, he's promised us that He's going to bring us, bring us through it. Amen. All right. Okay. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. Here we go. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Um, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. In other words, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. There's not a weapon that's ever been forged that is able to prosper against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So the, it's not going to prosper against you. Whatever the crisis is, it's not going to prosper against you. Hallelujah. Woo, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Oh, I'm getting happy this morning. Turn to Psalm 68 and verse 20. Psalm 68 and verse 20. He's the God, you know, God gave me this scripture, um, spoke spoke this scripture to me as I was um, praying for somebody who was in the hospital. It looked like they were not going to make it. It looked like they that what what they had 
Um, statistics say this for this this person was not going to make it through this thing in the hospital that they, that they were in. And man, I found this scripture, and I'll tell you, it blessed me and it blessed that person. It was a it was a right on time rhema word for this woman. Psalm sixty eight and verse twenty. Psalm sixty eight and verse twenty. And then we're going to go to Matthew six thirty one. Psalm 68 and verse 20, even if, if the doctors have said there's no cure, even if the doctors say, you know, we're sending you to hospice, you know what, they do not have the last word or the final authority in your life. You've got to say, you know what, you say what you're going to say, but I don't receive it. I receive the word of God, hallelujah, as the final authority over this life, over this body, the word of God has the final authority. That Psalm 68, 20 says, for our God is a God who saves. The sovereign Lord rescues us from death. Hallelujah. In the translation that I, I told her, it says he alone gives escapes from death. Hallelujah. He can give you an escape from death. When Hezekiah got the word, even the man of God came and told Hezekiah, you're about to die. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he began to cry out to God and say, God, I'm not satisfied. He said, with long life, I'll satisfy you. If you're not satisfied, you turn and tell God, you know what? I'm not satisfied. I'm not ready to go yet. As a guy turned his face to us said, look at all this, the ways I've served you, how I've, I've rebuilt the word, I've brought the word back, I've rebuilt your, your sanctuary. I did all these things. I've been faithful. He reminded God of, the, of his faithfulness. And uh, God turned the man of God around in the courtyard. He went back and says, thus says the Lord, he's going to give you 15 more years. And if you... Do you want him to turn the sundial forward 10 degrees or backwards 10 degrees to prove that he's going to do what he says? Hezekiah said, well, it would be easy to go forward, have him bring it back 10 degrees. So God stopped the universe and reversed everything 10 degrees just so Hezekiah would know that he was not going to die, but he was going to give him 15 more years. Hallelujah! <laughs> Our God is able to do absolutely anything. He can give you an escape from death. I don't care who's giving you uh, the report. Whose report are you going to believe? The Bible says we, uh, who, that we, we believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. You know when we get worried in a crisis, God says don't do that. He says don't worry. Why? Because he already knows what you're going to need before you're even going to ask him for what you need. He already knows what it is and he's already gone ahead of you and prepared it. We just have to stay in peace and not worry. So that we can hear God. When you get all frustrated and all fatigued and so, so upset and you're in a tizzy, you can't hear God. You can't hear God. You've got to let yourself get in peace. Put on some worship music and just begin to worship Him so that you can hear His voice. Amen. Whoo, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 6.31. It says, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles or the unbelievers seek. They're seeking after stuff, but we're seeking after God. It says, for your, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about its own things. See, we spend so much time stressing over things that haven't even happened yet. We got it in our mind that this is going to happen, that's going to happen. We're, we're in fear and that's false uh, evidence appearing real. We've, we have used our faith to create something fearful that, that could happen to us. So that's why Jesus is saying, don't, don't project things into tomorrow that you can't say are going to happen. 
says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And God says, I got this. <laughs> if I've got the birds, the birds of the air, if I've got the grass of the field, the flowers, the lilies in the valley, if I, if I have all of that, he said, not even Solomon was dressed as beautiful as all these flowers that he puts in the field that are here today and gone tomorrow. He says, these birds, he says, they don't sow, they don't spin, they don't gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more importance than the birds? I know the birds are important. I got a bird, and they're awesome. And, and I love my bird. And, and God, there's not one bird that falls to the ground that God doesn't know about it altogether. So he knows what you need, and he's already prepared it for you. He just wants you to stay in peace and not worry about it while you're in the crisis. His word brings you comfort. His word lets you know you don't have to worry about that. Amen. Matthew 6, 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. He said, just pray about it. Just say, you know, Father, I know you know that I need my daily bread, but God, I just thank you. I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to eat tomorrow that you, that you um, have already provided for me in Jesus' name. All right, number 11. Absolute trust in his promise and his faithfulness to bring it to pass will cause me to receive it. Let me say that again. Absolute trust in his promise and his faithfulness to, bring, faithfulness to bring it to pass. So I have absolute trust in his promise. And I have absolute trust in his faithfulness. That he's faithful to bring it past. He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Let me say it again. He who promised, help me say it, is faithful. Say it with me. He who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. Why his word says so. He's faithful to bring it to pass. He will cause me to, it will cause me to receive it. When I have absolute trust that uh, in his promise and in his faithfulness to bring it to pass, it will cause me to receive it. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, 11 through 12. No, yeah, Hebrews 11, 11 through 12. You know, um, this is like one of my favorite scriptures, absolute favorite scripture. Hebrews 11, 11. You know, they say um, every time you see the clock say 11, 11, make a wish. Well, I, that's not what I do. When I see 11, 11 on the clock, it reminds me of Hebrews 11, 11. It says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. She received, by faith, she received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because, it tells us how she did this impossible thing. It says, because she judged him faithful who had promised. When God said it, she believed it. And she judged him faith. She said, I believe, I believe the promise, and I believe that God will be faithful to do it. Verse 12, therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude. Think about it, you and me, and every believer that's ever believed since, um, since the beginning, since day one. Every believer that's ever believed. We're, that, um, Abraham is the father of faith. Amen. So from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now let me give you this scripture right here. Romans 4, 18 through 21. Romans 4, 18 through 21. I'm going to read it in the message translation. This is so powerful. So powerful. Absolute trust in his promise and in his faithfulness to bring it to pass will cause me to receive it. Amen. I believe God is faithful. I believe it goes back to the very beginning. I, you can't make me doubt it because I know too much about it. He's been too faithful to me already. And if he's been faithful before, he'll be faithful again. 
Amen. If he's been faithful to others, he's no respecter of persons, he'll be faithful to you. Hallelujah. God is faithful. His name is faithful. He is faithful. Romans 4, 18 through 21. In the message translation, y'all, this is so powerful. It says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. <laughs> we, could just, we could just stop and drop, drop the mic right there. It says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Woo, that's the power of his word. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Oh my God, that's so good. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to not live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going you're going to have a big family, Abraham. And listen to this, verse 19. What I love about this scripture and about, about this in the message translation is that God tells us what he didn't do. He tells us what he didn't do. Verse 19 says, he didn't focus on his own impotence and say, look y'all, you can't focus on the wrong thing in a crisis. You got to get focused on the promise and focus on God's faithfulness to do what he said he would do. You can't focus. See, he tells what he didn't do. He, 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 um, he, he, he didn't, um, he decided that he would not live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made the father of a multitude of peoples. God said to him, if you're going to have a, you're, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, he didn't focus on the fact that he was impotent and say, and say, see, too many times we're focusing on what's wrong, we're focusing on the problem, and we're saying it out of our mouth, and then we'll have whatsoever we say. But see, it says that Abraham didn't do that. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. He didn't do that. He did not let those words come out of his mouth. Nor, listen to this, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. See, you might be looking at the wrong thing. You might be looking at what's happening rather than what God promised. Amen. So he didn't, he didn't survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. See, I think, you know, we, we look at the promise and we get skeptical when we mix that looking at, uh, at what's going on in our lives. We can't do that. The Bible says that we take the word and we mix it with faith. When we take the word and we mix it with faith, we get the results of the word. That's the power of the word when you're in a crisis. You take the word, you mix it, mix it with faith, and you get the results of the word. Amen. So he didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong. Woo, that's good. See, if you plunge into the promise, look, I'm so surrounded with the promise. See, I, sometimes you got to shut off the TV. you got to shut off social media because everybody is like an armchair expert and everything, and they're not. They're just giving their opinions, and you begin to fill up on that stuff, and you're like, well, so-and-so said, I read this on Facebook, or I saw this on the news. You know what? Shut that stuff off and fill up with more word than you are anything else so that you can get through this situation knowing. He says he plunged into the promise, and he came up strong. Woo! He plunged into the promise and he came up strong. That's so good. Ready for God. He plunged into the promise and came up strong. Ready for God. Sure that God would make good on what he had said. 
he was sure that God would make good on what he had said. See, you got to plunge into the promise and come up with courage. You know, I'm sure people might might have even said they were in his own camp. They still believe that they're going to have a baby. Look at Sarah with her bent over crooked self. Look at Abraham. Look at him. Look at look with his, with his old self. With his old self. They, they probably, people were making fun of him. You know what? you got to be able to handle the pressure of people looking at you side-eyed and saying, how can you still be believing? How can you still be standing on the word of God? Look, he plunged into the promise and came up strong. I don't care what anybody else says. He came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he said. Y'all, again, that was Romans 4, 18 through 21 in the message translation. You ought to, you ought to just keep looking Keep, keep looking at that over and over. Because it tells us in that scripture what Abraham didn't do and what he did do. So we reach into the promise and we latch on to courage. I latch on to courage and I'm willing. If I'm willing to wait forever, I won't have to. So I, I'm just, I latch on to courage and I hold on. Believing God's going to give me a, a, the wisdom of God. He's going to give me a plan of God. He's going to give me a miracle if I need it. He's going to give me strength to endure. He's going to cause somebody to give me favor. Whatever it is that I need, God is going to give it to me because I'm in, I'm in faith for the promise. Amen. When you're in a crisis, you've got to trust the word of God. You've got to trust it. Come up strong knowing that God is going to do what he said he would do. Amen. Believe that God's going to make good on what he said. So you grab hold of God like Jacob did and you say, God, i got a hold of you and I'm not going to let go till you bless me. You, you know, some of us give up way too easy. Way too easy. We can't give up way too easy. You know, and, and I don't know what it is that makes people today think that we're supposed to chase you. That the church is supposed to chase you. That the pastor is supposed to chase you. Last time I checked, Jesus said, come and follow me. Come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, when I got saved, you, the, you couldn't chase me off. I was there every time the doors were open. Jack Calgill remembers this. I was there every time the door was open. So was he, by the way. But every time the door was open, I was there with my whole heart, ready to get the word, ready to serve anywhere that I could. You didn't have to wonder where I was. I was there. I was there. But see, we got this generation who thinks you need to chase me. You know, the pastor needs to be calling me and checking me and chasing me. You know what? You need to be following me. You, you need to, to get yourself up and grab hold and say, I'm not going to let go until you bless me, God. I'm not going to let go. So we got people who turn loose way too easy and say, I tried that. It didn't work. You got to hold on and, and keep holding on. You got, Abraham and Sarah held on for a long time, a long time. But they finally got what God said he was going to do because they believed that God would be faithful and do what he said he would do. Amen. So you got to be like Jacob. I got a hold of God and I'm not going to let go till you bless me. I will not let go till it looks like exactly what you told me it was going to be. Hallelujah. Psalm 61 and verse 2. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than, high, higher than I. His word, when your heart is overwhelmed, you run to the word. He is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is that rock. He is that word. Hallelujah. So we run when my heart is overwhelmed. What do I do? I run to the rock that is higher than I. I run to that word. God, what does the word say? You know, I don't even have to go and look it up because I've written it on the tablets of my heart. Hallelujah. Because it's on the tablets of my heart, I can call it up anytime. Amen. 
Habakkuk 3.19, this is a scripture God gave me when I was in the middle of a, of, of a battle. I was, I was in the middle of a battle and God spoke this, Habakkuk 3.19 to me in the Amplified Version. It says, the Lord God is my strength. Habakkuk 3.19 in the Amplified. Make sure you look at it in the Amplified. The Lord God is my strength and my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk. Not to stand still in terror, but to walk and to make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. So when you're going through a crisis, you're going through some things that God, God's, God is your invincible army. He is your strength. He is your personal bravery. And he'll make you to make, he'll cause you to make spiritual progress when you're going through a crisis. You, you got to, you know, count it all joy. Like, um. Like uh, over in James, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and, 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 and stuff. Because the perfecting of your faith, the perfecting of your faith, it causes you to be perfect and mature, lacking nothing. Amen. So we got, we got to make spiritual progress as we go through. You know, give me a word, God, to stand on. Every time I go through a trial, God gives me a word and I stand on that word. He gives me something to, to stand on. Right now I'm declaring I'm going to finish my race with joy. Everything that God has told me I'm going to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with joy. Amen. I, I might as well have joy. Hallelujah. I get to have it my way. Amen. Then I'm going to have it with joy. I'm going to finish my race with joy. Everything he said I was going to do, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then Isaiah 26, 3. So these last three scriptures I gave you were Psalm 61, 2, Habakkuk 3, 19 in the Amplified. And now it's Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So I'm going to keep my mind stayed on the word of God. The word of God is alive and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's able, you know, to, to cause me to overcome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we just praise you and thank you that your word is alive and powerful in us, that it's living big in us. Your word have, have we written on the tablets of our heart that we might not sin against you, Father God. We thank you that your word is written in us, that the Holy Spirit brings, reminds us of the word. It remi he reminds us of whatever, whatever you've said, Lord God. And he's the one who causes us to hear the rhema word of God. We thank you for the written word of God. But Lord, we long to hear a word from the Lord. Lord, we just declare our ears are open and our eyes are open to see what you're saying to the church. That, Lord, whatever it is you want to say to us, that we hear you, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So, Father, we receive the rhema word of God this morning. Anything that you want to speak to us, God, we declare that we're ready to hear it in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we love you. We bless you. What, for, for this crisis that we're in, this COVID-19, Father, we declare that your word is true, that you sent your word and healed us, that by your stripes we were healed. It's an already done thing. It's part of our covenant uh, that we have with you. So we receive healing in our bodies and protection and, and preservation. As, as your word declares, being sozoed means that we're to be preserved. So we declare the, the preservation of God over us now in Jesus' name. I speak to every person watching in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, there's no distance in the spirit right where we are is holy ground. So we, we plead the blood of Jesus over every person, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Somebody who's struggling with depression and fear and anxiety. I speak the word of peace over you now in Jesus' name. Peace be still. Peace be still. 
Father, I pray right now for anybody who's dealing with sickness. Just stretch your hand out towards my hand. Stretch, stretch your hands out towards my hand right now. And, and we just touch and agree as a, as a faith point of contact. We touch and agree that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Lord, you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we were healed. We just come against sickness of every kind right now in Jesus' name and declare that our body is lining up with the word of God. Thank you, Lord. You sent your word and healed us, healed us so we receive healing in our bodies now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. All right, well, um, maybe you're watching today and you'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm not saved. We have about 31 people on right at this moment. So maybe you're watching. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not saved. Let me just say a little prayer with you this morning. Just repeat after me this prayer. Everybody just repeat it. Just say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. And I confess them to you now. And I ask you, Father, to forgive me. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And I believe that you raised him <clears throat> from the dead on the third day. Jesus, <clears throat> come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. Well, you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart. Now you just need to let somebody know because nobody gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let somebody know that you that you received Christ. And so the way that you can do that this morning is just on the Acceleration Church app. The little cross in the bottom right-hand corner, just hit that. And that will take you to what we call our commitment card, salvation. This is where you're just going to click the little yes right there that says um, yes. I say yes to Jesus. And uh, commit my life to him as my Lord. And uh, then this tells you all on the bottom how you can grow in your relationship with Christ. You need to be baptized in water. You need to um, uh, grow in the word every single day. Begin to pray and begin to um, learn his word. And uh, this tells you everything that you need to do. But fill that out and I'll get a notice of it. So that way I'll know that you want to be um, baptized in water and that you want to... Um, grow in your relationship with Christ. So that's wonderful. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let us know. So go to the Acceleration Church app and click uh, the commitment card. Hallelujah. Well, it's offering time, everybody. Hallelujah. This is the time where we're going to give our tithes and offerings. And uh, the best way to do that is through the Acceleration Church app. You just click the Give button, and it'll open up the um, information that you fill out so that you can um, give to God this morning. And... Uh, um, you, you just put all your information in, and then after you give that first time, then it's um, easy to always do it after that because your information is always in there. 